0: Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. It is Tuesday, October third, twenty seventeen. You know what we're doing here? It's me and Shaka. We're gonna talk about Week Four of the NFL season. Shaka, how you doing today? I'm
1: great. Um, looking forward to talking about some football with
0: you, and also looking forward to next weekend's slate of games. Oh yes, got a nice slate of games coming up, but. Let's let's not let's not go too fast. We gotta we gotta. Get there was a lot that happened this past weekend. It was tough to kind of kind of crunch what exactly we were going to talk about. There might be a few honorable mentions that we throw in if that's all right, just because there was a lot that happened. I
1: think that's fair. There's a lot to
0: talk about. But we're gonna start off with the Los Angeles Rams beating the Dallas Cowboys 35-30 in Dallas. Now, I was this game jumped out at me and. I think it tells us more right now. Let's talk a little bit more about the Rams because Dallas, I think we're going to have all season to unpack what's going on with Dallas, but the Rams now there had been some excitement with this offense. And I think we'd really kind of gotten into this habit of knowing, or at least feeling what the Rams were going to come at. We knew they have this strong defense. We knew their offense had always been inept, but now Sean McVay youngest head coach, and at least since Lane Kiffin has been around comes in and clearly has an offensive touch, has really whisked them into this mad... I mean, one of the top offenses in the league. But I think, you know, the the deeper you go into a season, we know it's a long season, but we're at the quarter pole here. The Rams are now 3-1. and They just came off a really convincing win in Dallas. I want to really talk about, like, what's going on here. And what's even more impressive is this offense looks better than the defense. So, Shaka, what do you... Tell me what you're seeing with this Rams team.
1: Well, let's start with the positives here. Okay. Um, They're not playing scared. I, I don't really know how to phrase it any better than that, but I, you would think with a guy as young as Jared Goff. Remember, mm-hmm. I kind of put him and Carson Wentz in the same uh, boat, except that Carson Wentz actually got to start mm-hmm.
2: you know, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what to make of Jared Goff, and to be perfectly honest, I'm still kind of formulating a picture
1: of where he could end up. Mm-hmm. But – He's playing, you know, he's playing confident. He's playing confident football. And I think also we should give credit to the Rams offensive coordinators for giving him, you know, enough that he can handle and take in that they're not asking him to go crazy on the field. He's doing just enough. I agree. And, you know, Todd Gurley is an absolute savage. Yeah. And I think one of the things they're really doing is kind of giving him a chance. Because uh, one of the problems that we had last year when everyone was, you know, so high on Todd Gurley was that was really all they had. They would just stack the box against his team Mm -hmm. and let Todd Gurley run himself out. He really would not be able to get anything done. So obviously, a lot of the pressure on him wasn't really justified. But this season, I think now people are forced to kind of give Jared Goff a little bit more respect when he's in the pocket. And it's really opening things up now. Gurley's getting these these basically pockets to run. And now they're throwing the, the football out of the backfield to him and once he gets a little bit of separation that's all he needs so it's really open things up for uh, this offense it's yeah. great which you know uh, the defense on the other side which we're going to talk about in our negatives the defense isn't as solid as they were last year which yes. is kind of a trade off but right now they look legit uh
0: the thing with the rams that's that's hitting me and I, and i like that you touched with goff because i think for a lot of last year Goff was a bit of a, a bit of an unknown quantity we didn't see him for most of the year then he comes out and he looks like one of the worst quarterbacks ever everyone had kind of written him off pretty quickly yeah. but to see what Sean McVay has done with this offense so quickly um, to see Goff look like not just a not just not a bust and not just a decent quarterback but possibly someone who could be you know a real talent and could really be a leader on this team Gurley is getting room to open up and play and you know kudos to the front office for bringing in wide receivers they bring in Watkins and Woods strangely enough both were on the Bills last year but you know they you know all of a sudden you know the Rams are here and they have wide receivers who can go get the ball and they're running, because, okay, the fact that aside from the wide receivers, the skill position players have pretty much been the same from last year, it really feels like this is an indictment of Jeff Fisher. I'm just going to throw it: what the fuck was he doing? Because I'm sort of sitting here saying this is a an offense which is potent. And to think that they were so inept at scoring last year that now they can do this in such a quick turnaround, I, I think it's telling us a little bit more about there might have been a lot of coaching involved here. There might have just been poor coaching. I mean, what do you think about that? I think this actually, you bring up a really great point.
1: And I think one of the problems we make with um, coaches who have like a long tenor in the NFL is mistaking, you know, that length for validity. Mm -hmm. And Jeff has been an NFL coach for a long time, but we can say a lot of that time it was kind of just middling. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't exceptional. I can't remember the last time God, it was with the Titans where he had a team that was legitimately a threat. And even then, that, that, God, I you must know, have been an- It's myself. funny
0: you say this, Shaka. We talked about this last – not this, but you asked me when was the last time Tennessee was good. And it was this – I told you this whole story about how it was they went 13-3 and three and they got a bye and then they lost their home divisional. That was the last time Jeff Fisher had a good year. And I think that was – When was that? I mean, I'm going to look it up, but I almost want to say it was maybe 08. Like, like something like oh, easily a solid decade ago.
1: Good grief. So, you know, um, But I think you make a great point, though. Jeff Fisher, I, I don't think he really knew what to do with the pieces he had. And I think, God, if Tavon Austin oh. was, was pretty much the embodiment of just confusion and befuddlement mm-hmm. with that team, where they,
2: they had this guy who super talented. Didn't know if they wanted to play him a running back, a wide
1: receiver, or what really his offensive role was. And, you know, underwhelming, and then they re-sign him. Yeah. So you know, what? I have no idea. But, you know, now the team, it's flexibility. They've got so much flexibility, and they, now they're playing with, again, confidence. And they're kind of just opening things up and, you
0: and, know, really. you know, to shit on Jeff Fisher even more right now, I'm just going to say that you just mentioned Tavon Austin, okay? In this most recent game against the Cowboys, I saw a play where they ran a gadget play for Tavon Austin, and it was a psych-out. It was actually when they ran the gadget play, the defense went to Austin because they were so... Everyone was so used to the Rams running these stupid gadget plays to Tavon Austin. They ran it to him, and it was a psych-out. Sean McVay actually used that to his advantage and got the ball somewhere else, and they got the first down. I mean... That almost says it all. Like that's just a smart coach who knows how to use the the knows how to use the players on his team.
1: That's great. It's uh, you know what? It actually makes them legitimately fun and promising to watch. And uh, speaking of when was the last time? When was the last time you're excited about a Rams football
0: team? Oh my god! I mean, Kurt yeah, Warner. Kurt Warner. Let's be uh, real. So it's I'm actually
1: looking forward to seeing some Rams games this year.
0: Now, real quick, before we get off the Rams. Just because we're clearly we're having a Ramsgasm here which I think is never gonna happen again for another eight <laughs> or nine years ever on a show um uh, so next week the Rams have a home game against the Seahawks I don't know about you, but I'm excited for that game like who the fuck is gonna win that game
1: it's you know what it's gonna be a great question to see really a marker where the Rams defense is at mm-hmm Mostly because the Seahawks offensive line is still kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. So really, really gauge of, well, how far off the Rams defense has fallen. If mm-hmm. it has, a, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, not to write them off as kind of a subpar, but, you know, they still, they still can put points up on you. Yeah. So I, I think we're really going to see just how far this team can go once they, they throw down at the Seahawks next week.
0: Yeah. Um and that's a very good point man. I think that's really going to be. I mean it's going to be a nice watermark or or watermark litmus test because uh you know what if the Rams come away with a win? That's a big divisional win and all of a sudden they're 4 and 1 and the Seahawks are 2 and 3. It's I mean it really the headlines after that game. Wow. Um
1: Yeah, going to stick things
0: up. B- uh before we get off this cuz we've been talking about this game for a while. Let's talk br- real briefly about the Cowboys. Um this was a For me, another sort of examination about the Cowboys' ability to close games, the Cowboys' ability to play from behind, um, and also an exposure. And this is really coming out. The the lack of playmakers. You know, Dez Bryant, not as explosive as he used to be. Jason Witten, not as explosive. Cole Beasley is probably one of the most explosive players they have, aside from Ezekiel Elliott. And if you're able to stack the box and shut him down on a first-down run, we're seeing that... You can kind of push the pressure onto Dak Prescott to have to make the play, and Dak Prescott, as amazing as he was last year, he's just not Joe Montana yet. And what do you think about this Cowboys or this Cowboys offense?
1: Uh, I don't want to go for wild speculation, but part of me wonders just how healthy Des Bryant is when we talk about his explosiveness. He, yeah, he doesn't look like the same player out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still got the physicality, and he's still, you know, in terms of the just height difference and ability he still can get up on other uh defenders but there's just something that just seems a little bit off like I I don't know it's it's hard to put into words but I I I would and maybe it's just the chemistry between him and Dak Prescott yeah because Tony Romo Tony Romo just knew where to find him he was always you know I think at finding him downfield so that might be an aspect that they just need to work out in practice yeah um as for their offense in itself, I think they're still OK. I still feel like this is the Cowboys offense from last season that could just erupt on you at any given time. I think they really just are kind of a little bit out of rhythm. And again, it's, it goes into closing games. The defense is going to have to step up. It's going to have to give them a chance to, you know, take a lead and kind of put their foot on another team's throat. Mm-hmm. We just haven't seen that yet. And I, you know what? Uh, I would say by halfway mark of the season, we're gonna find out whether or not this Cowboys team last year was just, you know, a fluke or not.
0: Yeah. Jeez, this is this is. I'm loving this because this gives us so much to chew on over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I'm not ready to write them off yet. I oh no,
0: no, I'm not either. But uh, I'm definitely
1: dangerous. But the schedule, the scheduling for a few teams this season, it's gonna be. It's gonna it's be. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a mind fuck.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be a little brutal. The Cowboys do not have an easy go this year. I mean, that's what you get for winning the division. You got to play all the division winners. Um, All right, let's get off this game. Next game uh, was the Oakland Raiders losing to the Denver Broncos, 16 to 10 in Denver. Now a lot came out with this game. I mean, the biggest headline is Derek Carr breaking a bone in his back. He's going to miss two to six weeks. Um, Okay. Uh, I, this is the worst thing that could have happened to the Raiders. The Raiders came out looking pretty... Look, Listen, they looked pretty consistent and solid the first two weeks of the season. They get two wins. They're 2-0. The last two weeks, you know, they laid an egg against Washington on Monday Night Football, and they kind of looked like dog shit. You started to see Amari Cooper dropping passes a lot. You started to see Derek Carr not looking like the Derek Carr we saw last year who could have been an MVP, and then they come into this game. He gets knocked out in the middle of the game. E.J. Manuel has to come in. Now E.J. Manuel is the guy who needs to be starting for this team. Marshawn Lynch, after like the first week of looking like beast mode and he's dancing all over the jumbotron, now he's looking like a 30-year-old running back who took a year off and he's just had a couple of games where hasn't really done much. And for a Raiders team where you knew the defense was always suspect, now you're looking at an offense being suspect without Derek Carr. So... Before we talk anything about the Broncos, give me some reactions about the Raiders. Do you feel like they're done? Like, is this is this the season right here? Can they survive this injury?
1: I don't want to sound grim, but I think this is it, man. I'm not a big EJ Manuel fan. I thought he was overvalued in Buffalo. I agree. And, you know, I – man, it, it was what we – you and I talked about this last season when we, you and I had a debate about whether or not Tom Brady – where mm. or Derek Carr or the M V P. Yeah. And I really I think when I said at the time, this team just does not go without Derek Carr. Like just the the, the formulation of what they have on the field and especially their defense last season yeah. was nothing, you know, nothing spectacular. So at the end of the day everything pretty much came down to Derek Carr's arm. You know, and then now we're looking at it where he's gonna be out for You know, a quarter of the season. Yeah,
2: at least. And you got to put the. And they're
1: not playing exceptionally well football now, like you said. And now we have to pin, you know, our hopes on EJ Manuals to kind of keep us in this thing until theoretically, theoretically, Derek Carr's back is going to be okay and good enough for him to actually be, you know, in a physical scenario. I think, you know, I think the the raiders at this point are probably downplaying the extent of his injury. I don't think it's catastrophic, but I think he's going to need more time than, you know, 2 to 4 weeks.
2: Yeah, I agree. To really be in football condition. So, I don't want to say the season's a wash,
1: but the season's a wash
0: at yeah. this point. Um dude, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I don't like what I've seen from the offense. I you know, I'm I, I the the drops have been you know hurting me, but I kind of felt positive you know with Crabtree's three touchdown game. There was that feeling of listen, they still got this. But Marshawn Lynch is not the answer.
1: Sorry to mention Crabtree's been hurt as well. I think he had a bruised lung or something like that. Where he's you know not really himself. So
0: yeah, and he um, if I'm correct, he missed this game. This this loss yeah. to the Broncos, Crabtree was inactive. He didn't play. He did not play, and Amari Cooper was really nowhere to be found. I think he had something like seven or eight targets, and he had two catches for nine yards. Like, lots of drop passes. You know, there was another, you know, like, even in the last game, Jared Cook had a drop touchdown pass. I mean, Derek Carr's pass catchers are not helping him, and then this injury happens. And you said it, man. E.J. Manuel... I mean we we know what we're getting with him. He's a known quantity at this point and he was a backup. He there's a reason why he's a backup and it's it is what it is. Now the defense is the thing which kind of puts him back at square one because this defense was never good. And now when you take their MVP, who they're paying all this money to out of the starting lineup, I mean I dude and it, and I was looking at their schedule, they're playing some stiff defenses. This is the same division as the Broncos and the Chiefs. This is um yeah, I feel like this is the death bell for the Raiders.
1: Look, this is EJ Manuel's chance to to kind of shove it in our faces and prove that he maybe has some value in the NFL. But he's got a very he's got a very tall hill to get up to really make that make that statement.
0: Yeah, especially in that division. Uh, speaking of that division, let's talk about the Broncos for a second here, because you know as Listen, the Raiders' situation is grim at this point. Let's let's move on to somebody whose whose outlook looks pretty good. The Broncos, a yeah. team that missed the playoffs last year, um, you know, really kind of took a step back with their quarterback and their defense last year. There was a real sense of, you know, I don't really know if we were, ex- I don't know how many people were really expecting them to take this step forward this year. I think there was an ex- expectation of kind of, you know, maybe you know th- they can only go so far with Trevor Simeon, and now. Defense looks better. I mean, they've been amazing against the run. Like, this is two years ago Super Bowl winning defense against the run all over again. You know, they're really getting after um, uh, the quarterback. They're, I mean, they're really suffocating defenses. And then Simeon, I mean, listen, the truth is he doesn't look that bad. You know, he's not Joe Montana, but he makes good throws. He makes good decisions. He doesn't turn the ball over that much. And, and in a stiff division like this, I mean, this Broncos team... You know, could could they like wh- whenever the hell the Broncos and the Chiefs are playing? You know, it's sort of like are the Broncos winning that game? What do you think? Like, can the Broncos win this division over the Chiefs?
1: Well, if you're the Broncos owner, I, I'd imagine you you probably please his punch with what you have right now in the field. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right; the Broncos defense playing out of their minds. I think opposing offenses are averaging fifty yards rushing.
2: Yeah, against them, it's something, something... something absurd which pretty much kind of
1: negates you putting the ball on the ground, which means you have to throw through the air, which, you know, the, the the Broncos secondary is dangerous in and of itself as well. So you have, you've got an absolute just fence to deal with on defense. And uh and in the offense, you know, you got C.J. Anderson mm-hmm. he's playing well. You got Jamal Charles who comes in and spells him. And we know Jamal Charles, despite all the injuries, is still a great backup. Mm-hmm. You got Emmanuel Sanders you know, playing probably some of his best football. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Trevor Simeon, you know what? I'm gonna take him over last last season of his career, Peyton Manning, any day. Like he's 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 handling things pretty well out there. So Denver Broncos are in you know, a really solid position to so probably, you know, win this division, which I I really can't say outright they're gonna win it. They got a pretty they got pretty stiff competition, so. But you know what? It could be a lot worse for them right now.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I think uh, you know they're trending upward. I mean they're storming back to their kind of Super Bowl potency, and you know that's a nasty, nasty division, and they're going to need that nastiness if they want to stick with it. And I think they're probably going to stick with the Chiefs all season. Um, yeah. I uh, I think the I think the Chiefs will probably still win the division though. It's it's I'm interested to see how this shakes out um i'm I'm probably leaning
1: more the chiefs myself as well yeah they're they're just
0: a little bit more established
1: They're so damn good yeah so but the broncos are in a better position than i thought they were when everyone was still zero and zero on their records
0: yeah no i would agree with that especially from a health perspective they've been a little healthier than some of the other teams um let's uh let's sort of stay in this division i'm going to shift us to my eagles my Eagles pulling out a two-point victory on the road against the L.A. Chargers. And by the way, I've heard about eight million uh, radio announcers screw up the Chargers' name and say San Diego this past weekend. It's it's hard to get out of your uh, your cadence. yeah,
1: man. You, I can't, you're absolutely right. I've I've been like it's hard. I've been it, trying it's, to like I wrinkle my nose. I'm like, is this still? It's not San Diego, right? And I'm like, God damn it! Why can't I remember this?
0: It's hard. But
1: you're absolutely right. It's everyone's still doing it. I might, I, don't think I might
0: continue gives. to call them that for a while now because they were the San Diego Chargers for like 50 years.
1: Look, man, but no one's really given the LA Chargers any kind of legitimacy. They're kind of a joke right now.
0: They're ca- to be
1: to be honest, they're jokes. So Dude, I don't think- this
0: opposing to- fan base thing is for real, okay? For all the listeners who don't know what's going on here, every time the Chargers have a home game in this soccer stadium, they play in. It gets filled with the opposing fans. It happened with it's the Eagles.
1: It's so crazy. Yeah, there were more Eagles fans at this game than there were Chargers fans. And,
0: and the week before, it happened with the Dolphins.
1: It's embarrassing.
0: Dude, I was as an Eagles fan, I was fucking loving it. So, so. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm assuming Philadelphia
1: people work, so they wouldn't be out there. Uh, you know, for, on a Sunday, but in, in Florida, I wouldn't, I'm, of course, I'm not surprised The Dolphins fans, there's more Dolphins fans.
0: Yeah, but I, I think the truth is, there's fans for everybody out in L.A., and they're clearly going to come to the game more than fucking Chargers fans.
1: I'm sure there are plenty of seats to buy up.
0: Ugh. Um. So, I was very happy for my Eagles, because this was, I thought it was a convincing win. Um, granted, I know it's against the Chargers, who are 0-4. Listen, the Chargers are a dangerous team, who always managed to lose close games. That's not a surprise. This was another close game that they lost. Um, But I was very impressed with the Eagles. Specifically, what was surprising was the run game. One week after losing Darren Sproles to an ACL and a broken arm on the same play, LeGarrette Blunt rushes for over 100 yards. They've been talking about how he hasn't been fitting into this run game. He's not getting any touches. They want to use Wendell Smallwood more. And let's be clear... Wendell Smallwood's kind of the focal point for that offense, how they use their running backs and what they do. And Smallwood was very, very, very effective in this game in replacement of Sproles. But in addition to Smallwood's prowess and his uh, performance, Blunt was able to punish, and he ripped off a 68-yard run where he looked like beast mode. So the run... The run game became impressive and really sort of imposed itself on this Chargers D, and, you know, the Chargers couldn't really do much with that. And then, to compliment it, Wentz was great in the air. He made some great throws. He didn't turn the ball over. Like, Eagles did everything right on that side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, they did everything we thought they would do. They gave up some huge plays to Phillip Rivers. You know, there was a nice 75-yard bomb to Tyrell Williams where it was just totally like, what the hell are you doing back there? I think it was think it might have been rasul douglas who got burned on it um but in the end to close the game eagles had the ball and they pretty much just went systematic first down first down first down time's up the game's over they win like it was a real sort of we were in control of the game the whole time now i went on a little bit of an eagles gasm thank you for thank you for letting me indulge in that um but i guess part of my question for you is some of these things that I just told you about this Eagles game, do you think that now the Eagles could be like talked about as this team could like compete with the Cowboys to win the division or the Redskins and like could actually been the NFC East and could actually be a playoff contender or you, you still just like, you know, I got, I got to see more. I'm
1: I'm leaning a little bit more towards the Eagles being viable, you know, division champs and just mostly for this reason the schedule
2: yeah i think
1: i think one and actually on espn had a really good article it probably went a little bit more into travel time and time zones and all this bullshit which is not really it's a great little you know side piece but just in terms of your schedule Mm -hmm. and who you have to face up against look the giants are 0-4 yeah and the chargers
0: are 0-4 so that's two 0-4 teams the eagles have beaten
1: you're not going to get anything prettier in a schedule for the Giants. They're pretty much, they're, any any chance of them coming back to when this division is out. The Cowboys are going through the motions right now. You know, so I think the Eagles, and I'll say this, God, I'll say this all fucking season. I'll stomp my feet. It's, it's, it's so much better for a team when you have an established running back. Mm. And gives you such an anchor. And I think the best word I can think of is, is an anchor. And you can look. I don't think the last couple of seasons in the NFL, we've had teams where the quarterback has been, you know, just the paradigm of just, God, you have to have a great quarterback. You have to have a great quarterback. It's not necessarily true. If your defense is solid, your defense plays well, sometimes you just got to run the damn clock out. Yeah, And you can do that with a running back who can give you solid chunks of yardage. It takes a lot of stress off the quarterback, takes him out of these positions where he has to keep making, you know, Dynamic plays. He's got to be the guy in third down. He's got to be the guy in fourth down, every time with the football. But a lot of teams in the NFL this year are really doing. What we talked about the Rams earlier. You got a good running back. You got an established running back. It can really kind of anchor things. And I know it's, you know, it sucked that Darren Sproles got hurt. I'm still not completely sold on Wendell Smallwood. He's got a lot of talent. He's mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. He can really do some things. I mean, I think they're really gonna. They, they're kind of giving him. um that, you know, out of the backfield, kind of all, almost an LT, kind of a, you know, versatile running back uh, persona. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we got our blunt. Just, just a man's man, really, when you think about it. Just <laughs> in that yard um, run, where he's just breaking tackles and just physically grinding guys into the ground.
0: You know? He looks it, so it, good.
1: It, it's a mental thing as well, where you're like, I have to keep. Trying to stop this guy every time they hand the ball off, it it can really do a lot of things. Where you talked about control and just dominating a game, where once you've got the lead, you just put your foot on the neck by just running at them until they stop you.
0: Yeah, this um, I'm I'm feeling excited. I'm and you, but you, dude, you made a really good point with the schedule. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Now that we see the Giants and the Chargers are zero and four, you're like, yeah, I guess those are two dog shit games. Um, you know, and and the real. Listen, I think the Redskins are kind of for real, but I kind of also think the Redskins laid an egg against the Eagles in week 1. I was sort of sitting there being like, yeah, you know, I think the Eagles might have just caught him caught him sleeping, caught him a little flat-footed and that just like I think first game of the year the Redskins were a little rusty and the Eagles got him, you know. Honestly,
1: uh, I'm not as I'm not as high on the um Redskins as you are, honestly. I think I I don't know. I'm I think they're in the way down. I they're probably going to probably be a 500 team. Yeah. But I'm not I don't have high hopes. I just don't. I
0: I watched the game, the the last game. I just this Chiefs just, game last night.
1: Yeah, and it's not even so much that. Of course, the, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yeah. But if you're really going to make the playoffs, if you're really going to be legitimate threats, I I don't know. I'm it's just a vibe. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And also, again, the running back thing. They don't have anyone. Yeah, they don't. Really, who? Uh, you know, um, Chris Thompson, who I think. Could be that person, but they really don't want to give him the workload.
0: No, you just and they don't—they don't want to use him in that way. They want to make Rob Kelly the back, and they want Chris Thompson to be the pass-catching back.
1: And I think that's garbage. And I mean, once you pretty much everyone knows that's your your setup, you can't bring Chris Thompson in the game and have him, you know, be that guy who like oh they're going to run up the middle. They're Like no, we're expecting a screen pass. It just it changes the dynamic. It, 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 I I think you're 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 handicapping yourself or you're handcuffing yourself, excuse me, when you kind of set up, this is exactly what this player's role is. Mm. I think Chris Thompson, they should have at least one or two games. Trust me, once they, they start losing some games, I think they should really start to be a little more flexible and loosen up and give him the opportunity to get 20, 25 carries in the game and see where it carries you.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point because he's, he's already proven that he can be effective and explosive when he, when you give him the ball. And why not scheme to give Chris Thompson the ball more Rob
1: Kelly Rob Kelly you know is a pretty he's a passable running back but I think in my opinion he's probably a, a above average backup.
0: Yeah. Um, I would I agree with know that. I
1: thought of Bilal Powell a couple of years ago in the same vein as I thought him then. Bilal Powell's obviously come a long way since then, mm-hmm. but Rob Kelly to me does not. He's not scary. Seeing him in the backfield does not scare me. I don't feel like I need to load up the box on him. You know, it it just doesn't really – he's very underwhelming for what they have mm-hmm. on that team. Okay. So, I'm, I'm, not high on, I'm not high on the Redskins.
0: All right. Well, hey, you know what? I was just saying I I thought they looked a little bit more impressive last night on Monday night. I thought the defense was more impressive. Well, now the defense – the everyone got hurt last night. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's – you know what? Let I don't give two shits about the Redskins. Let's stop pumping up them. Let's go to another team. Your J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets – on a two-game winning streak, pull out the overtime victory against the Jaguars. Just, just tell me. Just talk to me. What? Tell me what you're feeling about these Jets.
1: Weird feelings, man. Really weird feelings. Uh, obviously, I'm very happy. I don't want to lose
0: to the Jaguars.
1: I don't want to lose to the Jaguars. I can't lose to the Jaguars. I like Leonard Fournette, but I can't lose to the Jaguars. <laughs> you know what? This team, I don't know what it is. If it's the chemistry, the mystique. They're playing like a team that gives a shit. I said this. Yeah. I think I said this last week. They're playing like a team that cares, and I think we even said this when they lost to the Raiders earlier. That the guys were upset because they didn't want to. They, they didn't want to lose, and they didn't want to lose. Not even so much badly, but just you know, it's demoralizing. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that lit a fire to them, or at least kind of brought them off to the same page. That hey, you know what? Everyone expects us to be losers, and that's not something we're okay with. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I again. I think one of the great things is uh, the offensive line is playing exceptionally well. Okay. they really, and I think they've stuck to a game plan where they know that this is going to be a team that runs the football, and they're doing a great job of it. Um, that's his name, uh, is it? Oh, Eli uh,
0: Elijah Maguire. Elijah Maguire.
1: Um, out of Who? Louisiana, Who? Louisiana Lafayette, I think. Who? Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, the kid, the kid looks promising. Hey, man. I mean, you know, so I'm really liking the run game, obviously. The wide receivers aren't much to, to write home about, but Jalen Marshall, I think, is coming off a suspension. Okay. Uh, and we'll probably get some uh, snaps next week, so we'll see what he's made of. And, um, look, I, the defense has been playing very, very well. Granted, uh, Jaguars. They had to play Jaguars. Hey, uh,
0: man, Jaguars dumped 44 points on the Ravens last week in London.
1: Yeah, so... I think things are looking up. Now, we're playing the Browns next. I was going to
0: say, you're playing the Browns, man. Could be uh, so could be a three-game win streak. Well.
1: And the Patriots are immediately after that. Ooh. So, assuming the Patriots can or can't get their shit together, we may be looking at a Jets team that's either tied in the division for first, going up against the Patriots. I don't know. It's, this is just a very bizarre season. <laughs> All of a sudden. When you think about just logistics and where teams are standing at right now, where the Patriots are getting, you know, questions about whether or not that defense is even—do
0: that defense, dog- Pat- Patriots the- defense
1: is the- dog shit. They're really bad right now. So it's it's been a very strange season so far. But uh, you know what? I'm enjoying every minute
0: of I it. I mean, to sit here and be almost at week six or something and say the Jets could have the tie for the division lead. Going up against the Patriots, I mean, that should articulate how bizarre a world this season is. I mean, we were we everybody was writing the Jets off. We were like, it's a one in fifteen season. This is the first NFL that's tanking. I got I got news for you. Nobody told the Jets. Nobody told Todd Bowles. Nobody told anybody on that team. They were like, we're all getting paid good money. This game is. Um, Terrible for your body and costly for the future of your entire life. So you know what? If we're gonna go out and play it, we're not tanking. This isn't fucking basketball, okay? If you fucking leave us open, we're gonna throw a touchdown pass. And dude, Josh McCown, forty he's 38, 39 years young. Yeah, it's
1: like thirty seven or thirty eight. Dude, but Josh McCown look doing he's doing what needs to be done.
0: Earning his money, man. Get get that paper cash that check. I well, now, uh let
1: me let me bring us back down to earth because okay. I think the schedule gets a little grisly. Well obviously the Patriots are still going to be a tough tough team to play. Always. I think we have the Falcons after.
0: Ooh. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, we got a couple we got a couple of rough games on the schedule. I think things are going to kind of be like, oh okay, well I think this is more along the lines of where they should be. But you know what? Knock on wood.
0: We'll see what happens. I mean, I just, I, listen, with the way their defense is playing, I'm just really optimistic. I really, you know, there's, and and with a good defense, good offensive line, it's like that this team, that's kind of, I feel like those are the mortal flaws of so many teams in this league right now that to have good offensive line play and good defense, I mean, you're gonna be able to win six or seven you know, games in this league with with some that some much turnover, going right.
1: Some turnover free football. We had a couple teams that just, I mean, really kind of shot themselves in the foot. or, you know, turning the football over where they weren't really out of the game until you know a fumble here, a couple of bad interceptions. It it just really it really adds up.
0: Dude, I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy everybody. I'm happy that New York is. Realizing now that the Jets are two and two and the Giants are zero and four,
1: it's it's kind of a, a joke that I, I think people are still too shocked to laugh at. Though <laughs>
0: it's really it's really awkward. Hey man, fuck the Giants. <laughs> uh, no offense to those Giants fans out there, but uh, I am an Eagles fan. I gotta I gotta throw that out there on this podcast. Um, well, here, real quick, honorable mention before we get out of here, Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans. Ch- Chaka, just give me give me some real quick.
1: Look, you and I have talked about this, and I think I sent you a text message where I thought Deshaun Watson was not the quarterback, you know, for the future for this team. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to be that guy. I mean, that I Week was, 2
0: game against the Bengals, he looked pretty green.
1: Yeah, I mean, he looked he like he couldn't pick up the blitz. I don't know what's changed in between that time and now, but holy shit. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, great job. And I, I think the other thing that's come of this is we've seen we've seen Brock Osweiler at this offense,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we've seen uh, Tom Savage. Yep. And I think we always knew that the Houston Texans had potential. Just the talent. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you got DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. You have Lamar Miller. You got Will Fuller. At, like you you have pieces. You, you, they had the talent to actually be dangerous, but they just really couldn't fulfill it. They really couldn't bring it to, you know fruition, and all of a sudden. The most unlikely person. I don't I, I think Deshaun Watson's stock even in the NFL draft was not really high. And I think a lot of, you know, scouts and analysts didn't really think that he was gonna be anything on the NFL level. And who knows where this is gonna go in the long run, but right now, they just put up was it fifty seven points? Yes. Fifty seven points last weekend on a team and it, I mean, God, they must have been waving a white flag by the third quarter, but Deshaun Watson looked great. He had four passing touchdowns. He had another touchdown rushing. Lamar Miller looked great, which, yeah. God, we've been waiting for Lamar Miller to show up forever. And who knows if maybe they finally found that mojo. This could be it.
0: I mean, this could be it. You said it. It's They've had all these offensive pieces, and the the question mark was the quarterback. It's been the question mark since Matt Schaub. And, and let's be honest, was – was the question mark ever really erased with Matt Schaub? It might never have been. I mean, I mean that was the closest thing they came to a a solid, dependable quarterback. And yeah. you know, I mean, it. We know what happened with Matt Schaub. He went pick sixing down a drain, and now he's backing up. I, be, I believe Joe Flacco in Baltimore. But oh my God! If you can believe he's still in the league, I'm pretty sure he's still. Oh no, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. He is no longer backing up Joe Flacco. Matt Schaub is all the way back around to the beginning where he started. He is backing up Matt Ryan in the Atlanta Falcons organization. I think he was backing up Michael Vick, though, originally.
1: Yeah, he was. You're right. That's how he started.
0: Yeah, but anyway, he's back in Atlanta. But the point is, even then, I don't think the quarterback situation was solved for Houston. But listen, I don't know if I'm ready to say it's solved, but... It's one it of the. It, it's one of the best answers I've seen in a long time, and you see now that they're pretty deadly when they've got actually somebody under center who can do something.
1: Well, hey, they're playing Kansas City next weekend,
0: dude. So you want to talk about another test. test facing the only undefeated team in the league so far?
1: That's a big test. I mean, I'm, that's probably the game I'm looking forward to the most. I think coming up.
0: Definitely, definitely. I think, and I think it's the Sunday night game. That'll be that's it's yeah. pr- prime time if I've ever heard it. Well, listen, Shaka, I think that's about it. Uh, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. This was a nice little recap of week four, breaking down the things to look for. As always, subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smith Face Jones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Email Shaka and I with any mailbag questions at samsportstation at gmail.com. Shaka, any parting words before we get out of here?
1: As always, guys, thank you very much. It's a blessing. Um, enjoy the games. And uh, running backs still rule. I know we like to say quarterbacks is shit, but running backs are still, you know, still the anchor. They're still the glue that holds this whole damn thing together.
0: Dude, you heard it here first. Goddamn right. Shaka's calling it. Get your running backs because that's the that's the guy who fucking makes the difference on the field. It's not just the quarterback. Running back will fucking burst through. If you don't believe me, look at the LeGarrette Blunt clip from this past weekend. All right, guys. <laughs> we're out of here. Enjoy football. We'll be back next week to break down this past weekend's uh, – or, or this coming weekend's uh, week of football. Take it easy, guys. We're out of here. Bye, guys.